Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Turn to somebody and tell them you're a threat to the devil. You're a threat. You're a threat. It's good to be in God's house, right? Doesn't it feel good to be in here? Take a deep breath. You know, you know, Chuck, by the, by the Jewish calendar, today is the first day of the week. So you're in the house of God the first day of the week. And, and you're honoring God. And so get focused. This is the most important thing you can do in your life. It's right now to get ready for the week. Aren't you glad you came today? To all of our new guests, all of our new people. If it's your first time to covenant, would you raise your hand if it's your first time? One in the back, right over here, two, three. Turn around to them and tell them, welcome to Covenant. Come on, if they raise your hand, tell them, welcome to Covenant. If you haven't filled out a form or got a bag, let us know. We have something for you. We'd love to get you here. And it's also good to have the Mr. and Mrs. Suber. How's that sound, Hannah? You like that? Come on up here. You know I'm not going to let you go. He's ready prepared. He's got a scripture and everything. Come on, Alex. Now listen, I know you probably don't have nothing. So you don't have to come up. Good to see you, man. This is Alex Suber. How many of you know who Alex Suber is? They, they are pastors in Oasis in Round Rock, Texas. Tell them what's going on in Austin, man. Incredible things. We uh, we just got married three months ago, so that's the that's the most important thing. Uh, but incredible things. We kind of took the took the weekend off because we're about to launch into a, a big Easter season and that sort of thing. So mom and dad were like, "You guys just go down to Victoria and hang out." But uh, three weeks ago, we launched a third service, so now we have a 9:15 service, an 11 o'clock service, and a 5 p.m. service. So we're in church all day. Uh, which is incredible. We get a, we get a little bit of a little bit of a nap, uh, but that's about it. And then we just crash hard on Sunday night. But uh, God's doing incredible things. We're having child dedications today, uh, water baptisms in a couple weeks, and so our church is growing. We're seeing uh, people getting plugged into their giftings, people getting saved, um, people beginning to really find life in Christ, not just the life that you can find uh, in all these other areas of life where you are looking for a life. And there's a scripture in Timothy. Uh, where it talks about how when you find the righteous life, uh, you find true life. How honestly we can look so many other places. Uh, we have so many people coming off of drug addiction. People, um, marriages are on the verge of divorce. Marriages uh, just being broken up because of addictions and all these sorts of stuff. And people coming in that just honestly don't know anything about God. Not really that bad of people, but just have never really found that freedom in Christ. And so uh, things are growing. We're having four services on Easter believing for a lot of people to come to Christ, a lot of people to be saved, to experience the hope that is only found in Jesus. And so it's always good to come back here uh, to Covenant Life Center. He said, if you've been here uh, uh, one time or a hundred times, I've probably been here about a hundred times. And so it's just always kind of like a a second home coming down here in Victoria. And also incredible to be with the, got pretty much the whole family here with us today, Mrs. Thomas. Uh, It's Rowan's first time in church. So come on, he's up here. He's all excited. He's loving this music. 
Um, but just love you guys, love the Rivera family, love what they're doing. Uh, every time I get here, I just I just always compliment uh, just the whole family. Uh, I don't see Josh in here, but I'm sure he's preaching in kids ministry or something. Uh, but uh, just love the family, the generations of people being raised up in leadership. I know that's kind of our story. We, we pastor along with my mom and dad and uh, preach and speak and lead our teams and all that kind of stuff. And so it's just cool just to see that generational leadership and what's happening here in Victoria. So excited for you guys, excited for the new building that I know you're all happy about. Um, and God's just going to do some incredible things and it already is starting. I'm already, you can already feel a shift, uh, an atmosphere shift, some, some practical things I've noticed, but also new people coming in, new people getting plugged in. I just want to encourage you, if you're not plugged in with the vision of this house, if you're just attending and uh, you're not really plugged in, why don't you give back a little bit? Why don't, why don't you take the giftings that God has given you and give back, reach someone that maybe they're not here yet, but if you get plugged in, maybe they would come and it would be because of your gifting, because of your talents that someone would come meet Jesus. So I just want to encourage you, get bought in with the vision here. Uh, maybe it's not with giving, like they said, but maybe it's with your time, maybe it's with your talents. And uh, let's just see God do some incredible things in Victoria and in this area. In Jesus' name. I um I love it when when God connects us with people that have um, I've ran into a lot of young men and we've had the privilege of allowing some of these young men that have that have been called into ministry to cut their teeth on the pulpit of this church or on the platform of this church. Alex's I believe we were one of the first congregations that you really the first congregation he preached in. Yeah. And uh, so was Drew Brasfield to a bigger congregation, adult congregation. Uh, is he, Drew Brasfield was in student ministry for a while. And we've had a lot of people that, a lot of men that aren't here. Uh, it, every decision you make in your life will impact somebody later on down the road. Every decision you make in your life will impact somebody down the road. It was a beautiful wedding we went to when we saw Hannah and Alex being married. And it was just wonderful. But I thought to myself that day, I thought, you know, had we not said yes to Jesus to plant here, they met at Covenant Life Center through the same relationships. And I thought, man, God is really changing and doing a lot of things by a simple yes. Your yes can be something that can be life-changing to somebody. When you say yes to Jesus, God is going to be able to put the yes in somebody else's life. Somebody say yes. Somebody say yes, Lord. And a lot of other people have met just because of that. We're going to be kind of talking about that today and dealing with the subject. So if you'll just stand to your feet, grab your Bibles. Look, come on, let's, let's go back and give God honor in his word and grab your word. And if you don't have it, look up on the screen and, and um, a triple threat. Now, what's a triple threat? Turn with me to Philippians 4 15. A, a triple threat in the basketball terms it's a, well, first of all, how many of you guys know what a triple threat is? Raise your hand. Okay. A triple threat is whenever one guy has the ball. And with that ball, he has a decision to make. That guy has an opportunity. Our lady has an opportunity. Not everybody has the opportunity to make three moves. Sometimes they're right in the middle of the of the crowd and the guys and someone's trying to take the ball from them and they have to make one quick quick move but every once in a while somebody becomes a triple threat and so they have the ability to do 
one of three things. They can pass the ball to somebody they trust. They can take it and drive in to go for it. Or they can actually stand right where they're at and make the shot. That guy's a triple threat. Because he can do one of three things. This Sunday morning, we're going to be talking about the passing part. What makes you a threat? What makes you valuable on God's team? And that's what we're talking about. The subtitle for today is The Pass. The series is called Triple Threat, Winning with Money. We're going to teach you and show you how you can win all the time with your finances. And so that's what we're talking about. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. It says, And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I would rather, and I want to see you prosper. I want to see you grow. And, and I never sought for the gift, but you gave the gift. Now I'm seeking that God bless you. And that was his prayer. And so he said, not that I seek the gift, but to seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus and the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And this is my favorite part and your favorite part. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Paul is telling the Philippian church, you're the only church that supported me in the ministry. And because of your support, or because of their support, we're going to talk about what a difference Paul's ministry made. Because he had one church. They gave and made a difference. Will you pray that God bless this service today? Will you pray that God would anoint me and touch me with words of wisdom and, and the ability to make things simple? Will you do that today? Come on, lift your voice. Ask the Lord to bless it today. If you need something, tell him, I need a word today, God. I need a word of encouragement today. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Lord, we receive your presence and the anointing. God, we thank you for your blessings today. Lord, there is nothing more important than your blessings, than your favor, than your love. So bless this service. Touch our hearts and minds. Anoint us in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. And one more time, give your winner, your Lord, your Savior, a hand clap. And somebody shout, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Turn to somebody and tell them you're a triple threat. You're a triple threat to the devil. You can be seated this Sunday morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing Covenant Life Center. We love you very much. Now, I want to draw this out just a little bit because we talk about so many things and we don't slow down enough to explain it. But when you talk about the Apostle Paul going to Macedonia, 
you have to understand where Macedonia was and where it was located and where was Paul. So when you look at Macedonia, you're looking, I'm just going to draw it very quickly, in Asia. This was Asia, or Asia Minor. Macedonia was right here. We're going to call it Mac. And, and right here was Corinth. And up here was Philippi, and right here was Thessalonica, and right here was Philippi, or Philippians. And, and this is where on this side you have the Ephesian church, and, and Paul was over here. So Paul was making his journey. He felt called to go. Paul wanted to go into Asia Minor. You see, when you read the Acts, the book of Acts, you find out the scripture text we're actually reading from is actually referencing from Acts chapter 15 and 16. It tells a story of actually what happened. So the Lord began to deal with Paul and began to deal with, with, with Silas, and, and he said, don't go to Asia. Don't go to Asia Minor, but go to Macedonia because Paul, one night Paul had a dream. Paul had a dream that there was a man in Macedonia that was calling him. And the man in Macedonia, they believe, most uh, theologians believe that that man was Luke. Because Luke later on joined them in the journey and met them in Macedonia. And so, so you know, it's no evidence for sure, but they believe it was Luke that was praying and God sent Paul. So Paul left. And Paul went. And he went through and he began to minister. And when Paul made that decision that I'm going to go through and obey what God is saying to me, he did it by an act of faith. He did it by an act of faith. And there were so many things going on about that time. Even Jerusalem. Jerusalem was going through a famine. There was a need that was there. And, and it was a Philippi church. It was the Philippians that came in this one moment from right up here in the first one of the first stops that Paul made that enabled him to go throughout the world. Now, what's so significant about this journey and what the Philippian church actually did enabled Paul to go and start the churches that he did. And now, because of the support of the Philippians, did you know that there are five books in the New Testament First and Second Corinthians, First and Second Thessalonians, and also Philippians. Five books were written to the churches that were started, and you and I are benefiting from that today. All because one church decided to be a triple threat, or a giver, or a passer. It takes time to learn to trust. You see, in the game of basketball, I'm not a big, now I'm a basketball fan. I, I'm, and I don't care how much you hate me right now. I'm just going to tell you, I'm a Spurs fan. Just saying. All you Rockets fans, listen, when they're playing, when they're not playing against the Spurs, I root for them too. I'm a Texas fan through and through. But for anybody who's playing. But, but I'm just saying, um, how many of you have been to, to a, bass, a Spurs game before? You know what I love about the Spurs? Don't hate on me. I'm just saying. Um, what I loved about the Spurs is I watched them play the game. 
Every time I watch them play the game, I count how many times they pass the ball. And it never fails. They at least pass it most of the time, about maybe four or five times sometimes. And I realized, I was, you know, I thought, what was it about that team that made them, in my mind, in my heart, to be kind of a favorite team of mine? And I started doing more research because I research everything, right? I mean, if I'm going to be a fan of yours, I want to know why you're a fa- I'm a fan of yours and why I like them so much. And I found out that in their training camps and in their, in their practices, they are taught more how to pass the ball. And I'm sure a lot of teams do the same. But what I am saying is, is that one of the reasons they pass the ball or you would pass the ball to somebody in the game is because you, it's because you believe that they can make the shot or you believe that they will properly manage what you gave them. So you trust them. You trust them. You're saying, I can't do it right now, but I know you can. Right? I can't make the shot right now, but I know you can. You see, most of the time when God blesses us, he puts the ball in our court. And we don't know what to do. We really don't know many times how to invest, where to make the investment, or what to do with it. And I want to clarify and kind of establish here that you can't go wrong when you invest in the kingdom of God. But I want to also talk about how, when all else fails, pass him the ball. Give it to him. The biggest problem we have in church is this, when it comes to finances, it's a lack of trust. It's a lack of trust. Lord Jesus, don't let this fall. You weren't here Wednesday night. You have no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) By the way, we're working on a new method for doing this. It's going to be cool. I got a remote, I got an iPad, and I got a 65-inch television hopefully coming in one of these days. So... One of the biggest challenges we have in church is trusting. Here's how it works. I'm going to show you something. If right here, let's call this. Yes, I know. I know, Rowan. Talk to me, boy. It's going to make sense to you in a minute. We're going to call this God's supply. And we're going to call this, we're going to call this uh, God's will. And we're going to call this the need or God's need. I bet you didn't realize God has needs. You know God has needs? You, you know why you're here today? Because you need God, right? Everything is based on needs. Uh, When you need something, you go someplace so they can meet the need. You need to be fed. You go to a restaurant, they meet the need. You need spiritual meat, spiritual strength. You need spiritual reinforcement for your marriage and your life and your family. You need to go to church. There's a source. The reason why you come to church is because we all get in the center of God's will by worship, right? So we pray, right? We worship and we praise. Uh, Prayer, worship, and praise puts us in the middle of God's will. And we're right in the center of that. So we pray all the time. 
But here's the, the latter end of it. So does giving God our finance and blessing the kingdom. It puts our money right in the will of God when we contribute to the cause of God. But the problem most people have is, is that when they do give, they think they're giving to the pastor. Boink. They think they're giving to the pastor. They think, you know what? I'm going to give to God. Oh, in your heart, you're giving to me. When you should be realizing, I need to give to God. So the part is, is that people have a hard time trusting who they're giving to. They don't know me. They don't know them. I don't know what's going on. So we try to help you out with that by throwing monthly reports up there and and, and by showing you and telling you and being transparent with you. But the truth is, you're really not going to get to really, really know me unless you live with me. And you don't want to do that. Because I'm going to tell you right now, when I get comfortable at home, I get comfortable. Don't ever walk into my house without knocking, because I promise you, you will never look at me the same. <laughs> I tried telling that to my mother-in-law. I told my wife, you tell your mama, don't come in the house without knocking. Don't do it. She did it. She saw me. I told you. <laughs> I told you. I warned you. <laughs> Guess what? She knocks all the time now and rings the doorbell. <laughs> I'm just saying, it takes a while for you to get to know people. But I've also learned that you can know someone when you work with them. I also learned that you can learn people and know people when you get to see what kind of work they do. We're workers together with Christ, but we're laborers together in his love. So the Philippian church didn't have a problem. See, here's God's will in our life, but there are the needs that God has all around it. Here are the needs. This can represent so many things. For Paul, it was a missionary journey. It was a mission. It was missions, more clearly. It was missions. For, for Paul, it was food. He needed to eat to survive. It was also feeding the hungry, because that's part of the ministry, right? You know, when Harvey hit, for example, when Harvey hit, there was needs to, there was a need, there was a hunger. There was a hunger. So let's say this entire thing is hunger. And so we didn't know what to do. So this represents us. So if you're going to be part of the need and the catastrophic, all the problems that were taking place, then you have to be willing to get right in the middle of the need and take it on as a burden. But you can't take on a big burden like that. You remember when Harvey hit? It was so miserable for me and my family to be stuck in uh, Houston. We were stranded in the flood. And I wanted to come back home so bad to get involved. And the first thought in my mind was, I want to help lift the burden, take care of God's needs, God's needs, not my needs, God's needs. So I went and talked to the food bank. I talked to, this, to, the, to the president, and she, she told me that when I went in there and said, we'd like to offer our services and be a partner with you, to help lift the burden. I didn't want to make a name for ourselves. I, I, I thought, you know what? They're doing something well. Why don't I make a contribution to them? And I don't have the money, but I can give my service. 
And so she said to us, I have been praying and asking God for help. We need help distributing all this food. I said, here we are. How many of you were here helping us do that? It was tough, wasn't it? But it was rewarding as well. It was, I'm, I'm trying to teach you something here. So we got right in the middle. But you see, God supplied the need to meet the need. We had relationships and networks. God opened up the door for us to connect with someone who had unlimited amounts of food. I didn't have it before, but I made a God connection. We believe it was a God connection. God connected us to the right people. We didn't have the money, but now we had all the food that we needed, and God was taking care of hunger. But we had to get right in the middle of it. But we couldn't get in the middle of it until we let God get in the middle of it. Getting past the need. So that means that God crossed over both barriers in the middle and in the need. So he got all the glory and got all the credit for everything that was happening. No one else got the credit. See, this is exactly what happened in the Philippian church. The Philippian church, if this was God's need in Paul's life, the Philippian church got right in the middle of it. And they were meeting the needs that God was supplying. But Paul even, he broke it up even further, and he said, I pray, and I know, you give me the gift. And I don't seek you for the gift, but I pray that the fruit of your labor and the fruit of your reward will come to you. And I know that my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. I know that my God will supply all of your needs. Why? Because they put themselves right in the middle of the burden. And everything that was fixing to come into their life was nothing more than a funnel to meet the needs that God had in the world. And here you and I are, reading from the book of Philippians today, the irony of that, right? Even some of y'all's favorite candy, candy stick scripture you know your scripture, what's your favorite scripture in Philippians 4? I can do all things. I can do all things through who? Who strengthens me. That came out of a church that got in the middle of God's will. They learned the secret. It comes from him. And they weren't afraid. So this is what they did. They said, Paul... We're in a position. You've blessed us. You've been good to us. So, Paul, I'm going to pass to you. You go and run with it. You go and run with it. The Philippian church knew, and Paul even established, if, if I didn't call you because of the gift, but I'm going to pray that the gifts come to you because God's going to supply your needs because I know that's your source. God always gives seed to the sower. He always gives seed to the sower. So the biggest challenge is this. Number one, are you ready? Here it is. Point number one, know who you give your money to. You have to know who you give your money to. Watch this. Listen to this scripture. First Thessalonians, another church that... Paul started because of Philippians, because of Philippi. 
1 Thessalonians 5 and 11 says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together, edify one another, even also as ye do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you. Know them that labor among you. That wasn't talking about just your, pers- your, your, your team members sitting next to you or in the media, your, your teammates in there or your ushers team, not the person next to you. That actually is referencing the pastor and the leaders. Read the other versions of the scripture. This is right here. This is the, this is the, new, this is the King James version. Read the new King James. Read the ESV. It says, know them that labor and that have the authority in your life. Know them that labor among you. Understand them. Know where and what they do. Then it says, and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, that encourage you. Admonish means to, to build up, to encourage, to help edify. And he says, and to esteem them very highly in love for, the, for their work's sake, for what's going on, and be at peace among yourself. If you are making an investment in doing something in the kingdom and you don't quite feel comfortable with it, maybe it's because you haven't learned to know who we are or who and where you're going to church or what our values are or, or who the leadership is. And this happens only by a few ways. Number one, If you want to get to know a church, start serving in a church. It's the easiest way to get connected. Another thing is, is whenever you are giving to a church, the church is accountable to also show you where the finances are at. We do that every month now. We show you exactly where we're at, good or bad. We're a family, right? We have to know where we're at. And another thing is, You have to be at church long enough to get the full impact of what the church is trying to do. You can't come to church just once a month and get the full deal. The series only work when you catch all the sermon series, right? And and you have to know that this is a labor of love. So we put time, we put study, we prepare, the musicians practice, the singers practice. Everyone is laboring so you can have a worship experience so that you know what goes on in a church. I encourage everybody, I encourage everyone to serve somewhere, find your gifting, find your burden, get connected to a connection point class, know how to serve and get connected. Then you'll see what goes on in the church when people spend their time, their energy to come up here. You don't know this, but these musicians and these singers, they've spent hours up here before you got here. Hours. It's a labor of love. So when you're passing the ball in this direction, you know it's an investment that's well, well exercised and spent. The triple threat is, is that you have in your mind, you have removed every negativity about giving to the local church because you know how your local church functions and operates and serves 
prays for you, offers strength for your family, the children's ministry that's being provided, the student ministry that's being provided, all these things, when you see it firsthand that's taking place, the students are fixing to go to the jam. Is it winter jam? You're fixing to go to winter jam. They're fixing to go jam out and have a good time, right? And have a good worship, have a good time of worship. That's for your young people. That's for your students. The people who don't get it are the people who don't, get to, who don't go. But once your students go and they come back and they're excited about God, you have a sense of appreciation. And you know that you've been there with them. They put a lot of time into it. They put a lot of labor into it. And then you realize, you know what? I didn't know they did all of this. I have to, I have to honor her. She's not here today, but Miss Rhonda, Miss Rhonda uh, Rodriguez, she is one of the most hardworking individuals I know. Uh, I love Miss Rhonda. She just handed the responsibility of getting supplies to uh, Miss Karen. Where's Miss Karen at? Miss Karen's right over here. And you would think that getting toilet paper would be an easy task, but it's not. It's not. They work, and they have to unload all that stuff and store it up and stock it up. I thank God for every man that has ever picked up and put a plunger in their hand to unstop somebody's. <laughs> I appreciate every person that has ever vacuumed these floors. I appreciate every time these musicians and singers come up twice a week sometimes. Is it twice a week, right? Because it it's been changing because of people's scheduling. But they're up here a lot, three times a week. Three times a week to worship, to practice. I appreciate them. So when I do a quick text to give, I'm fixing to do it right now. It's so easy to do. So easy to do. You text to 84321. And just put a number right there where you would put a message. I'm going to put right now $10. And I sent it because it was $510. Well, we're going to have to work that out later. <laughs> That's a good way to give to God. Make a mistake. <laughs> Try texting without your glasses on. <laughs> Never do that again. <laughs> Bless it, Lord. Here it is. Thank you, Jesus. And the thermometer just went up $500, folks. Thanks to Pastor Bobby. <laughs> we encourage all of you to text to give, but please don't wear your glasses. We need the funds to go up. <laughs> but I don't have a problem doing something like that. You want to know why? Because I know them that labor among me. You know why the Philippian church didn't have a problem with Paul? Because they knew Paul. They saw Paul's prayer life. They saw Paul reaching out, and they said, that's good ground. Know who you're passing the ball to. Once you know who you're passing the ball to, you don't have a problem because you know everything we do is to honor God. Hopefully, within the next two years, we're going to be giving 100% of our salaries to this church, of our fam my family, the Rivera family. I'm very proud of our kids. They came out in the newspaper. They're fixing to come out this weekend, KVU. They did a, TV, a television interview with them about the business that they're doing. Our business is taking off, taking time. But the whole purpose is 
That business is not our business for us just to have money. That business, we place it right in the middle of God's will to meet God's needs. That's the only reason why we're doing it. But I have a problem with that because nothing's forever but God. It's God. So I want to be a triple threat. I want to know when God blesses me and God puts it in my hand. And and, then the devil tries to come around me and tries to take what God's given me. I want you to know i got full confidence. No one can talk me out of of my blessing. No one can talk me out of giving to God. No one can talk me out of taking a shot where I'm at by faith. I'm going to get ahead of the sermon series. But nobody can threaten me and make me feel like I can't trust the Lord. Because every time he gets my offering. Every time he gets my prayer, every time I give him my faith, he is always going to win. He is always going to win. Always. He always wins. Turn to your neighbor and tell them God never loses. God never loses. And, And so the second part is, and point number two is, you have to completely trust who you pass your money to. Completely trust them. That means once you've given it to them, there is no wondering and being fearful of, I wonder if they can make it. When you pass to me in your heart, men will fail you. But when you pass it in your heart straight to God, even if it does land in my hands, but it goes straight to God in your heart, God never loses. That's the difference. That's the difference. God never loses. You have to completely trust God if you're going to surrender to God. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme. Giving to God is a form of trust and worship. You're passing it, and you have to be joyful about it, excited about it. If you were on, and I know this is giving my age away, but if you are on the court and you were playing to get somebody and you were up against them, right? I'm going to mess up, okay? Don't worry about it. And you were playing against somebody, see? And you had Larry Bird on your side. You don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Michael Jordan. Scottie Pippen. Come on, somebody. Kareem on your side. and you pass them the ball, you know what? You would be happy. Am I right? Tell me your favorite basketball player right now. Say it out. I don't care. Say it out loud. Say it out loud. Come on. Ginobili? Tony Parker. Houston fans, who's your favorite player? Houston. Now you're all scared now. Pastor Bobby's going to be mad at me if I tell him I'm a Houston fan. I don't care. Harden. Now listen. If they were on your team and you gave them the ball, would you be reluctant and say to yourself, I just don't know if they can do it? No. You pass to the player you know that can make the shot. You pass to somebody that you know and you completely trust. Get that in your mind. When you are passing something to God, you are passing it to the best player on your team. You are passing it 
to the number one CEO in this world. You're passing it to the wisest investor you could ever have in your life. Even wiser, Solomon was a wise man, a wise investor, built a great kingdom, built the temple of God. But even Jesus said, there is one greater than Solomon here. When he stood in front of everyone today, he said, there's one greater than Solomon. And guess what? You have him right in the middle of your heart, in your life. And you trust him. And you trust him. And, and so you have to know but, but let, me give you, let me give you the benefits of this. When you do it cheerfully, and you, you can only be a cheerful giver if you completely trust. Am I right? You can only be a cheerful giver if you completely trust. The biggest struggle in church giving and church finances, and you're locking up your finances, is you don't trust, and you don't trust that God can supply all of your needs. I love the scripture. Let's break it down. And my God, in, in, the, in the New King James and in the NIV and in the ESV, it says, my God will supply, will supply, will. When you're in the middle of God's will, God will. Put your life in the middle of God's will. When we started our business, we said, this is God's business, and the church is going to benefit from it. So don't be haters out there if you see us being successful. If our company becomes a million-dollar company, a multi-million-dollar company, just know this. Our company, we put it right in the middle of God's will. If this church becomes wealthy through giving and sacrifice, don't you worry. We put the church right in the middle of God's will. And the only reason why it's prospering is because, remember what we taught you, we've taught this church, connect your personal business and your life to the kingdom of God, and God will have a reason to bless you. God will have a reason to bless you. So the job that you have, that is not your job, it is God's job he gave you to become a steward over, and God, listen, your boss that gives you a hard time, you don't work for him. You work for Jesus. That's scripture. Don't give your master's eye service as if you're working for them, but do everything with all of your heart as if you're working for the Lord. Everything in word and deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in the Bible. If in your heart you've made the connection and you can completely trust you can be happy about what you're doing. I'm coming to a close, but don't come up here yet. I'll tell you when to come up. I feel the anointing. I feel the Holy Ghost. Let's take a praise break right now. Come on, lift up your hands and give God some love. Don't look at me. Close your eyes. Lift up your hands. Come on, all over the place. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, tell him, I trust you, Lord. Tell him, I trust you, Jesus. I'm going to pass it to you, God. I'm going to give it to you, Father. I believe in you. I trust you. Hallelujah. You're the winner, God. You're going to pass every one of my enemies up. You're going to block every negativity that comes in. I'm not worried about what other people say or what they think. I'm going to play for the love of the game. Say, I'm a triple threat. Come on, if you believe that, say, I am a triple threat. Say, I win with money. Say, God is on my side. 
Say, I have favor in my life. Say, I am blessed of the Lord. Say, I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above, not beneath. Somebody say yes. Give the Lord some praise. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I found this guy on YouTube. So I found this guy on YouTube. And um, I, I, I was the most mesmerized. I, I've never seen a guy do this before. But I saw a guy that, that gave in his offerings. And when he did it, he danced. His name is Brother Frank. I'm going to show you how Frank gives his offering. Because in most countries, they put the offerings up here and they ask people to give. They don't like people to feel pressured to give. They want people to give willingly. So they, they open up the altars. Would you like to see Frank give? Come on, let's show Frank. Look, watch this. Look at Frank. Look how he gives. Turn it up, brother. You wouldn't know what to do. You wouldn't know what to do. You didn't know what you wouldn't know what to do if I put my text in. Get my text shoot. Get make some pick some money, boy. <laughs> you wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> you wouldn't know what to do, boy. Now listen, listen to this. Watch this. Watch this. I, I, I wonder why, why did Frank give money like that? Why did he give his offering? And listen to this. I saw the interview. You do the research. Frank was dying. Frank was dying. Brother Frank has become a phenomenon on the, on the internet when his tithes and offerings. And he gave a testimony. He said when he was dying, he said the Lord came in. The Lord came in and healed him completely. And when he came to church, it was time to give. He said, in his former life, he was a professional dancer. But he said he felt the anointing come on him like it did on David to give cheerfully. He didn't know how to praise dance because he wasn't raised in church. Do you understand what I'm talking about? See, had Frank been raised in church, he would have done something like this. You would have saw something a little bit more traditional, right? I knew a sister in church. I knew, a, I knew a lady in church. When the Spirit of God hit her, she'd go like a little freight train go. <laughs> Frank wasn't raised in church like that. All he knew how to dance was what he learned out there in the world. So he started dancing in front of God. 
you know, whatever. I forgot every move when I was younger, right? The older you get, the more you forget. But that's Frank. That's Frank. I wonder what would happen if we really knew how God's been so good to us and how we would give. Come on, Haley. I want to give you the scripture. You ready? Malachi 3.10. Listen to what it says here. This ought to get you excited. This ought to get you excited. I pledge to you that every service we come into, my family, we're always going to bring something and put it in the offering. I encourage you, don't ever come to God's house without coming with something in your hand besides praise, worship, and prayer. I encourage you because giving is worshiping God also. And until you break that spirit of poverty in your life and understand you're putting it into God's house, not into man's hands, that's, not, that's when you'll start being blessed. Every time you come. Look, look, listen, listen. Today, I'm going to leave this up here, and I want you to pass it. I don't care what you've got. I don't care what you have, $5, $1. Every time you come to church, bring something in your hand. Put it in the bucket and say, Lord, I'm going to give worship to you today. I'm going to pass it to you. I'm going to put my money right in the will of God. See, whatever you put in the middle of God's will, God will bless it. But get it right. Understand what happens. Listen to what it says here, Malachi 3 and 10. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test. In other words, trust me, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing, a blessing, and pour down for you a blessing. Until there is no more need. All your, your needs are supplied, in other words. He said, test me. I will rebuke the devourer for you. The guy, that spirit that messes with you every time God blesses you. When you've got the ball in your hand and they try to steal from you and take from you and discourage you and make you feel like you're going to have fear, you're not going to have enough, you can't do it, don't put it in God's hands, He won't make it. Your God has never failed. Never failed. Now watch this. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruit of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, saith the Lord of hosts. Then... All nations will call you blessed, and you will be a land of delight, saith the Lord of hosts. You will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. When money becomes an act of worship towards God for you, you no longer worship your money. Your money should worship God. But you have to break that old mentality. You have to break it. 
things begin to happen through consistency. And I really think that God wants you to go through the motions until you make a habit out of this and until you learn to trust him and you do it out of delight. And then the blessing starts to come when you completely trusted him because God waits for faith. Exercise giving. Start where you're at. Be consistent. Every time you come to God's house, put in there. I don't care what it is. God doesn't see the amount. He sees the sacrifice. We don't believe in the prosperity of God. We believe in the provision of God. It's provisionary. Now, I believe God prospers. But more than prosperity, we believe that God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. It's accessibility. In the New Testament church, did you know they didn't teach tithing? They taught giving and sacrificial giving, and they gave an abundance. They sold their properties and gave it to the church, folks. The law magnified tithing. Tithing was before the law. Now, Jesus taught on giving. We believe in tithing. We believe in giving. But in the New Testament term, we more believe in sacrificial giving. Generosity. Generosity. But the reason why we tithe is just a template. But tithing was established even before the law. What I'm saying is, get in the game and watch God make scores for you. Get in the game and watch God make the big plays. The big plays. The big plays. The swirling. You know? Are you ready to see God move and do good things in your life, big things in your life? I am. I am. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I held you long enough with my antics and all that. Thank you for bearing with me. Listen, raise your hands. Let's just worship him right now. Tell him right now. Tell him, Lord, make me an extravagant giver. Come on, if you want to come up and give God an offering and worship, come and do it. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. If all you've got is 50 cents in your name right now, come and give it. I'm telling you, break the habit. Every time you come to God's house, just begin to watch God do it. Get into the habit of worship. Get into the habit of worship. God is able to do it. God is able to do it. God is able to do it. Anything you ask. Now let's just begin to worship Him. Let's just begin to worship Him and tell Him. Tell Him everything right now that He is to you. Tell Him, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Through that giving, God brings promotion. Through that giving, God brings protection. Through that giving, God brings advancement in your life. When it becomes worship, when it becomes worship in your life, when it becomes worship in your life, God supplies all of His your needs according to His riches and glory. God does it all. He does it all. You are good. You are good, Lord. You're good to us, Lord. Come on, somebody sing it. Somebody sing it. You're good. Thank you, Lord. We bless you today, Jesus. Turn on Haley's mic. We love you today, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. <laughs> you know what? You're my
mic turned off? Okay, it's okay. Sorry. Can I tell you where this winning begins? This, then listen, we have to teach this church about prayer. God's called us to make disciples of all nations and everyone. So we teach about prayer, we teach about worship, we teach about fasting, we teach about giving, we teach about everything. If it's your first time and you think this church is all about the money, it's not all about the money, it's all about Jesus. But this series will be about money so we can get a proper mentality. Because we want you to be a triple threat to the devil. But don't try to jump at advancement, especially if you've not given your life to Jesus. If you are here this Sunday morning, I want everyone, if you will, bow your heads. If you are here this Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.